You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cowboys. I am your host, Landon McCool. And again, uh, no Marcus today, but we do have another guest, uh, the great John Owning. Uh, John, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, Landon? I'm good. You know, I'm kind of getting excited for the draft. We're getting closer and closer, and, and it feels like uh, uh, the conversations have gotten more and more intense. And uh, and, and, and uh, people have... Uh, Especially, you know, on the Cowboys side, seem to be a little bit uh, irritable about the Cowboys' lack of movement. So, uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna have to chat that out, John. We're gonna have to talk that out a little bit. So, we'll help, we'll help the good people through it, though. Um, but let's get into it. Let's. I mean, we obviously we kind of have started. So, I, I feel like you know, I had I had uh, Jonah Tolls on yesterday, and we kind of were you know briefly discussing. Uh, you know where things were, and and since our discussion, you know, the Cowboys have officially signed uh, Joe Thomas and, and Deontay Thompson, and we're going to talk about them in just a moment. But um, what do you, what are your thoughts on what the Cowboys have done, or you know, you know, their kind of res- resistance to to going crazy so far, um, uh, so far in the offseason? And I mean, I, this isn't really a surprise, I guess, but. I, sh- I guess I guess my question is, are you surprised? Because it seems like this is kind of similar to what the Cowboys have been doing for the last few years. And, and if you are surprised, like, is this? Do you think it should have changed because of, you know, the way that maybe the Eagles and, and some of these other teams lately have, have have had some success in free agency? No, I'm not really surprised. I've become accustomed to the Cowboys kind of taking a slow start to free agency, but you know, I think it's still really too early to make a. a accurate judgment on the offseason you know i'm really i'm one of the few i was a fan of a lot of the coaching hires they made specifically like sanjay law i was a big fan of love uh chris richard and i'm a fan of what paul alexander can bring from a developmental standpoint for the offensive line so i like what they did in there and up until now as far as like a player acquisition thing um there's nothing that they've tangibly done is really anything that I'm against, you know, releasing Orlando Skandrick and all that stuff, not re-signing Anthony Hitchens and all that. I understand why they did all those things. All the moves that I think everybody's getting all up in arms about are just speculative moves, moves we don't know what's going to happen, you know, like the Dez move or a first-round pick on Leighton Van Der Esch or something like that. People are wanting to complain without even happening. They're getting all up in arms, but nothing's even happened yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's definitely a, a ton of projecting going on. And obviously, I feel like, and I, I mentioned this yesterday, it feels like a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> how everyone feels about the fact that the Eagles are current Super Bowl champions. Um, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's, you know, really weighing down. on, and, and the fact that they did, you know, what they did, I mean, look. I think what's interesting about the way what, the way they built their team is that uh, even Howie Roseman, if you were to ask him, I mean, I, I don't think that the way that all came together would be by design at all. I mean, you know, like they they had to like really. I mean, what he was able to do was was pretty impressive, but but I wouldn't call it the the, the template. You know, like they had a whole bunch of contracts and, and, and deals that they were trying to get rid of. They were able to trade a ton of them off and get some things, which is great. But, I mean, it, it, they had work to do to get to where they are. They're still significantly under the cap. So, 
I, I think that, you know, the idea that suddenly because the Eagles are current Super Bowl champions, um, that, that that's suddenly the template for the only way to win is 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 not a great there's I mean there's so many different ways to build and win in the NFL. And I, I feel Everyone like gets when the Eagles were putting together the dream team and doing the kind same kind of template of bringing in a lot of outside free agents making trades and it really failed on Howie Roseman. You know, if you make that that many trains that many trades that many acquisitions that much player turnover there's a really chance really good chance you could end up with pie on your face and nothing works out the way you want yeah and that's when he got you know bound and gagged and thrown into a closet and that's when chip kelly took over for a, for a while so you know i mean i think i think that the thing that people need to remember is that there's you know, there's more than one way to do it and and and, not, I, and it's not that you know the correct way to do it is whichever way ends up winning you know but that doesn't mean that you should necessarily chase your a philosophy chase the most current Super Bowl champions philosophy every year because you know that's how you completely uh, you know you start turning over your staff you start turning over philosophies you you really start to suffer long term effects of you know not having scouts who know what they're looking for you know not like not having organizational clarity I mean there might not be organizational clarity to us on the outside but. There's not necessarily supposed to be organizational clarity to us on the outside. It's more important that they know what they're doing. And so I, I think until we see a larger picture of what that is, it's kind of tough to make a, a judgment about, you know, uh, about what they've done. And, and, and I also think that a lot of this, too, feels like it's kind of and, let, and let this, let's transition into the specifics. But a lot of these signings, specifically like Joe Thomas uh, and Deontay Thompson, they, they feel like. Um, kind of, you know, maintenance signings almost. So just kind of prepping the teams, the prepping the roster to be ready for the draft. I mean, you know, they they Thomas kind of comes in, I imagine, as uh, like the third third linebacker and 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 uh, kind of you know a, a step a step beyond uh, behind Anthony Hitchens, but with the hope that you know that Jalen Smith is actually going to take a larger step next year. And then Deontay Thompson kind of comes in as that you know Bryce Butler replacement. So t- tell me tell me your thoughts about those two signings and and uh, and I guess you know what we can expect from those guys. Um, first, I'm a really big fan of the Joe Thomas signing. I really think he can he brings added versatility to the defense. I think he's kind of like that Kyle Wilbur replacement as that reserve linebacker who can play the Mike in the wheel spots, maybe even the Sam if you need him to. He plays uh, special teams a lot. And But I really like that Joe Thomas is good in coverage. I think he can give you some really good snaps in the nickel and dime packages if need be. He is good with his drops. He gets proper depth. He knows where to get his eyes. He drives. He makes positive breaks on the ball. He does a good job of uh, jamming, uh, crossing routes. You know, that that gif has been going around Twitter, a lot of him jamming that that uh, crossing route and blasting. <laughs> that was amazing. I forget what team it was, but it was just beautiful. And, he, and Anthony Hitchens did a similar thing for Dallas, even though he didn't do it at, with as much consistency as jo, Joe Thomas did. It is something that Dallas is looking for in their inside linebacker. So uh, I really like the Joe Thomas signing. I think he's going to be a guy that we're gonna, that's going to become kind of a fan favorite of a guy who's going to be really good on special teams, come in, make a few defensive plays, not be a liability, not be somebody who makes a big a bunch of mistakes or gets a total a lot of volume on the defensive snaps just he does his job well as far as Deontay Thompson I'm a little bit less familiar with him I've only seen one game of his I haven't been able to take a deep dive into his film like I did with Joe Thomas but he seems like a good speed threat the kind of a Bryce Butler replacement except I like the way I think he can he has more burst downfield Bryce Butler was kind of a long strider build-up speed I think Deontay Thompson will uh 
decrease that cushion between him and the cornerback a lot more, a lot quicker, and really get on top of cornerbacks better and give Dak Prescott a larger throwing window. So I like that from from him from there. As far as like intermediate short stuff, I didn't see like a ton of that from him in the one game I saw. So I still really got to dive in deeper. But it was, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't run any like really bad routes. He's not super physical. I don't see him creating space at the top of his routes, you know, creating separation. Like that. he's more of a speed turn and burn kind of guy who who creates separation with his just foot speed. Yeah, I've watched. Uh, I watched a little bit of him today, and and I think you 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 pretty much got him um, on the short stuff. You know, it's 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 all about quickness and speed with him, and and it's about you know, I mean, he's definitely not a an advanced route runner. Um, he he clearly kind of looks uh, to. Uh, you know, use his speed to, as his as his way to win. Essentially, no matter whether it's 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 going deep or going across the field or you know anything, it's it's speed based. That's it's going to help him win. Now, I have seen him run a couple of, of of good routes where I saw him once where he motioned across the formation as a Z and then uh, ran a a corner route, which was uh, really beautiful and got him open. And, and so I think he can do you know some of these. He he does have I do like what you described. He does kind of have like that late. And I don't know if you want to call it like the fifth gear or whatever it is that, but that ability to actually separate at the end of the route. You're right, where where Butler's throws are coming down the field, he's kind of catching them over his head. Or, um, you know, I think that you know with this guy, uh, he's going to be separating from guys getting behind, actually getting behind a defense, uh, and and Dak is just basically going to be able to throw and and let this guy get under it, which I think that's where he really. That's where it seems like he excels, is uh, the balls getting, you know, he, him getting behind a corner, them lay out in front of him, and him getting underneath it and catching it. So, um, I, I love it because I do think clearly it's it's you know it's a spot that they needed uh, a, a, a specifically schematically for this offense to function properly. It, it needs. Uh, a, a guy who can do that, and I think you know Terrence Williams can kind of do that to a certain degree. But but this is a guy who, I think, you know they they put him on the field, and he's going to need to be accounted for uh, deep. And I think that accounting for is 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 production, you know, basically for for these kind of guys. I mean, that th- their job is either to to get deep or to um or to you know cause the defense to back up to respect your ability to get deep and thereby opening up the uh, the offense for other parts of it including the run game so um uh the real reason of course i wanted to get you on here um is the draft though so i do want to make sure that we get a good 10 minutes <laughs> on these short podcasts 10 minutes is about as much as i can spare for one segment on the on the draft and and, and i know it's a broad topic but i mean you are definitely still uh, one of you know i am not in the game nearly as much as i used to be as far as studying the volume of players and and the reason i'm not is because i know i can rely on guys like you and 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 um i so i definitely try to zero in on the big names that seem like uh they're they're you know, kind of just everywhere in the Dallas uh, draft kind of Twitter sphere and, and, and lexicon and the names that are we all know and that are being thrown around and being mentioned Brian Brian brought us so everybody knows him you know um, but I wanted to talk to you about you know knowing what the Cowboys like you know in, in, in their different position profiles I wanted to talk to you about um, you know kind of strategy wise knowing where what there is in the draft and 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 um, you know what what this this class has to offer you know what are your thoughts about uh, 
positional value in this draft and where the Cowboys might be able to find good fits for their um, for for their needs, I guess. And, and, and so, I, I guess the question I'm asking is, how you know if you're just speaking from you know on a position place and not on specific players, how would you try to attack this draft? You know position wise and round wise like would you i mean i I understand you're you're ultimately going by what's 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 uh you know how it falls for you but if if things were to be ideal how where do you how do you think you you would lay it out to try to get the the best value you know with no trades and all all that good stuff like what do you think that order would look like if we're trying to you know make sure that we're getting optimum value for the most you know number of positions i would say Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say, first of all, nose tackle is a huge concern, is a huge hole. Obviously, everybody knows I'm a Vita Vea fan, but I think the sweet spot for the defensive tackle, especially the nose tackle class, is going to be like that third round range. So I would say nose tackle get in the third or fourth round range, depending on if you have a guy that you really, really want. Like a DeAndre Sinat is the type of guy that I think would be perfect for this defense. Um. The hardest one is first round because second round I say safety would be good because there's a lot, a lot of really good safeties that could fall in that uh, top 50 range like Jesse Bates and mm-hmm. all those type of guys. And uh, First round, I would say wide receivers the same way because wide receiver, I would say in the first round so you can get a Calvin Ridley or a DJ Moore type but then in the second and third and fourth rounds you have tons and tons and tons of names too. If this it's, if this team is gonna need a go- like the first round is the hardest one because for every position that I feel like there's a there's uh, enough talent to warrant that there's all that position is also deep in like the second third and fourth rounds like guard obviously there's a couple guys that guard you could take in the top uh, uh, in the first round but then you have guys like Daniels Billy Price and so on that you can get in the second round so it's oh it's really difficult would you take like, it, it, let's say, let's talk about, like, worst case scenarios, okay? So you you, you somehow, uh, and, I, and I don't have names, you know, like, I don't have a specific scenario, so just, you know, play with my hypothetical here. But if you were, if you were completely wiped out at 19 and you didn't really have choices, how would you feel about walking away with someone like Daniels at 19? I would feel good with it because you're getting a good player. It's kind of like the Travis Frederick thing when he came out, you know. The value may have not – according to like his stock, like I don't know if Daniels would be picked in the next 15, 10 to 15 picks or 20 picks or so. But he's a good player and he's going he's gonna to start for the Cowboys and he's going to be an impact – he's going to be an impact starter. He's going to be an above average starter. He's going to raise the level of the offensive line. He is an upgrade over Jonathan Cooper. And, and I guess that's kind of been my saving grace in all all this, or, or how I feel the floor is for this. Is that, it, it, to me, if at the end of the day, like I walk away and 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 Daniels is is my selection at nineteen, which I feel like that's like you could, like that's that's totally realistic. Like I just don't see Daniels going before nineteen. Uh, but I also feel like he's. I like. I guess my point is that I, I I like to view him as my floor because I think that like at the very worst I know I can walk away at 19 if I get completely wiped out of all the you know, guys I may have fir- you know complete first round grades on. Um, I feel like Daniels is the kind of guy that I could take at 19 
Um, and, and, and let me be clear, Daniel's not my first guard, but like if, if somehow Hernandez and uh, Wynn weren't there, I, I, I just and, and, and all the other guys that we like were somehow gone. I, I would be okay with walking away with Daniels. And I guess that's what gives me hope at 19 is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that are going to likely happen. Um, uh, that could, that could happen. And, and, and I, and I, and it's tough to predict. And there's lots of good things and there's lots of, you know, not as good things, but I think the worst, the, the bad, the worst situation that, that could happen at 19 to me is, is really not all that bad. It's, it's, I think like the, the, there's Cowboys are going to have options. And as long as you realize you're likely not picking a first round player. And if you, uh, you know, first, first round player, as far as in like the guy that you may have a, a, a you know, first round grade on, um, I think that as long as you accept that and then realize that if, if one of those players does fall to you, that's that's gravy, then I think that you're going to have success at 19 and not do something crazy. Otherwise, I, I think, you know, if they can trade back or I would explore those options as well and, and just you know, see because the value between 19 and 50, frankly, I mean, where you pick again really doesn't seem that much different. You know, I mean, I think what you, depending on what uh, the quarterbacks may muddle that a little bit depending on how they fall, but I, I, I don't know that the, the talent is huge between there. Um, last thing before we go, um, I, we, we've talked about, you know, a lot of these guys at 19, and, and everyone's been talking about a lot of these guys at 19. Real quick, give me some names. We've heard a couple of names at 15. We, you've talked briefly about some of the safeties, but give me some names at 50. Um, that you don't feel like people are talking about enough, um, or or that you that you like specifically that uh, that maybe uh, some people should take a look at. Well, the first um, the first guys I really like is I really like uh, Kimoko Toure, the Rutgers edge defender. He's a guy that was really used poorly by his by his coaching staff. I mean, they he had some crazy amount of snaps where he was dropping back into coverage, and when he was even rushing, he had run reads. Before he could get after the passer, so his get-off was compromised. But on the snaps where he was able to pin his ears back and go, he's one of the most talented pass rushers in this class. You see he has the hands to shorten the corner. He has the flexibility to carry, to be able to carry his momentum around the corner as he's uh, speed rushing or using whatever technique he wants to do to get across the edge. He's really he's really fun. He's the type of guy who I think his best game is in front of him. He's not that adept at uh, defending the run right now. He needs to the, develop strength, but he's... His type of pass rush ability you don't get very often. He's kind of like that Randy Gregory, really loose pass rusher who has good hands. And then in the second round, another guy who I like on top of James Daniels is, like I mentioned, Billy Price, really good guy mm-hmm. from State, fun, versatile guy who's played guard and center. Who can you can. Yeah, I, I I view always viewed him as someone who always played on the edge of playing out of control. You know, he, he looks con- like he's so like he he moves so incredibly at times, but it also looks like at any moment he could tip over it. But somehow he makes it work. It's it's pretty it's pretty funny. Um, John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we we really had got some good information out of, out of this, and uh, I think you know Jonah was on yesterday talking about getting a uh, a Cowboys war room again this year. Um, so I may uh, I may recruit you for that as well, kind of a, a, a Cowboys Twitter Marvel uh, Avengers assemble situation. So um, so I, okay, well, well I, I got you written in pencil for it. So. Um, Guys, make sure you're following John on Twitter uh, at John Owning. That's at J O H N O W N I N G. 
John, thanks again. Um, and uh, w- guys, we'll have a. That's it for this week. Uh, Marcus should be back next week. Um, and uh, again, if you're listening, Marcus, feel better, buddy. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Go Cowboys. Yeah.